August, the humidity is 81%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Hello, this is Jim Gould. Hello, this is Karha. On today's uh, back chat, love is in the air. And naturally, we're talking about Valentine's Day. Tracing its origins back to Roman times, the occasion has become one of the most profitable celebrations for retailers, with Hong Kongers often topping the list of the world's biggest romantic spenders. From restaurants to florists, businesses are hoping for an upturn in demand, although with this February the 14th coming right after the Lunar New Year holidays, the situation could be complicated. However, a survey conducted by a local dating agency found that one in three couples were unsure how to celebrate the occasion or whether to celebrate at all, a trend it mainly attributed to economic conditions. So, is Valentine's Day still a big deal? We will find out. After 9.45, we'll talk about World Radio Day, which was established by the UN Cultural Agency, UNESCO, in 2011 and is celebrated yearly on February the 13th. We'd like to hear what you think. You can call us anytime on 233-88-266-233-88266 and join the conversation. You can WhatsApp us on 6899-8518 comment on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk.hk. That's backchat at rthk.hk. Joining us now on the line, we have uh, Winston Yu, who's a Corporate Communications Director with uh, Hong Kong Romance Dating. And also in our Admiralty studio, we have uh, Nicole Froelich, who's uh, founder of Nicole Please Weddings. That's a weddings and proposal uh, organiser and consultancy. Um, good morning to you both. Perhaps, uh, uh, Winston, we could start with you. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Happy uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I, that that was your survey we referred to uh, in the intro there, mentioning that uh, at the time I think it was released uh, late last week, wasn't it? Uh, uh, mm. So um, uh, quite a large number had uh, <clears throat> not decided how they were going to spend Valentine's Day. Uh, one in three couples. Uh, did that come as a surprise to you? Yeah, it's quite a surprise result. Actually, um, more than 30% of men and women have not planned uh, for Valentine's Day yet. Uh, however, we find that nearly 60% uh, of men and 50% of women said they would go for shopping on Valentine's Day. But however, we find that 39% of men and 32% of women said they did not know or had no plan for Valentine's Day. Because we found that uh, maybe Lunar New Year is nearby. Uh, today is the fifth day of Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. they may think about, oh, if I have some uh, gathering with family, so I I don't have much plan for, for, for Valentine's Day. Some of them, they will think about, oh, uh, just uh, for a... A nice dinner, or uh, they will uh, spend a bit money for for the gifts. But for the gifts, uh, we find that um, the the spending of the gifts, uh, Hong Kong people's spending on Valentine's Day gifts is similar to that of 2022. Yeah, because uh, 42 of men uh, expect to spend 1,000 to 5,000 on Valentine's Day this year. It's slightly decreased compared to 
the 44% in 2022. While 34% of women are willing to spend 1000 to 5000 on Valentine's Day, a slightly increase compared to the 32 in 2022. Mm. Um, but do you actually think actually is the trend is changed it like through these years because a lot more people uh finally have realized that maybe it is just like some business strategy for for celebrating uh, Valentine's Day mm. outside and just like prefer celebrating it before or after. Mm. Uh, for um, results, um, I think uh, most of them, uh, they would like to go out for a uh, dining outside. Mm. Uh, let me... Um, let me find for the dining. Uh, they would like to go out for dining uh, uh, on uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, in in this year, seventy seven percent of men and seventy four percent of women think they will die out with their significant uh, with their numbers on uh, uh, Valentine's Day compared to fifty one percent and forty eight percent respectively in. 2022, which is a big leap for, uh, forward uh, compared to 2022 results. Because we just only conduct uh, the results on 2022, uh, for the previous year, 2023, we don't have any uh, survey on, about the Valentine's Day. But uh, because I think uh, 2022 is uh, COVID-19 uh, mm. uh, spread out year, uh, that's why uh, this year, uh, most of the Hong Kong people would like to go out for dining out, and they will, uh, they will have some gifts for their partners. Uh, we find that uh, most of the guys, uh, to this year, forty-seven percent of men would like to give flowers to their loved one on Valentine's Day, and for women, uh, forty-seven percent of women would like to. Uh, give clothing and shoes to their loved one on Valentine's Day. But compared to 2022 survey, men would like to most likely to give digital and electronic products to their loved one, uh, 33%. But uh, more than uh, 40% of women said they would give uh, DIY handmade gifts to their loved one. So this year, men will place more emphasis on romance than, uh, than uh, uh, practically one woman will place more emphasis on uh, practical gifts. That uh, for the gift, uh, for, for the gift giving, uh, they have a big change. Yeah, this okay. year, uh, I think most of the guys want to be more romantic because the economic is not that good so they will uh, make the women happy to give some flowers or uh, uh, to, to, to the ladies more than the digital and uh, uh, electronic products. Okay, well let's bring in uh, Nicole now, Nicole Frelick, uh, you're um, <clears throat> a wedding planning consultant. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, so um, is Valentine's Day a big day for weddings? Actually, because we work globally, every day for us is busy. However, Valentine's actually never got really a request for Valentine's Day because we do believe that um, it really is depending on the couple's 
preferred date. So, for example, anniversary is very important yeah. for them. I think so. It's like duplicate the date. Like exactly. Anniversary and Valentine's Day on the same day. How can I celebrate it separately? Exactly. Get That's two gifts. <laughs> so, what, what, what are some of the uh, developing trends that you've uh, witnessed uh, in in recent years? Destination weddings for sure. So more and more complex projects with multiple days and even multiple destinations. So we have a lot of requests on having um, sequence weddings as well. So having one in Asia, one in Europe. But um, before it was a staycation and now it's more like a weddingcation, I would say. So it's really exciting because that involves as well more vendors, finding more ideas to make it more different. And the most important is to actually... Create a more specific and memorable experience. So, um, and also, I would like to know, like, which month do you think it is the most busiest um, month for like proposal or planning the weddings? This kind of like celebrating thing. Yeah. So, as we're based in summer in Europe, because we're doing a lot of weddings in Europe. Um, based as well in out of Hong Kong, doing a lot of Hong Kong weddings.、Mm. That will be more. Mostly in springtime, autumn time in Hong Kong, whereas summer for sure in Europe. So the most busiest time for proposals is actually December,、oh. um, New Year's Eve or Christmas time.、Um, that's always a very very busy time for proposals.、Mm. And, and how, we're now into the year of the dragon. Is uh, is is, is uh, dragon year uh,、um, a good year for weddings? Absolutely, and I would say as well, any year is very important <laughs> for weddings. So, yeah. yeah.、Okay. Um, so actually, it's like like a、uh, lot. I, I think recently in Hong Kong is more like、um, couple is like one Hong Konger and one Westerner. So that's why it is very often and common for for you to plan like different places to have the wedding. So is it like more? A phenomenon recently in Hong Kong, or just like very long time ago, it started very long time ago already. Having the different cultural couples, definitely more the trend for sure. So we do have a lot of mixed cultural.、Um, we do have as well couples that want to be modern and still keep the tradition and the culture,、um, respecting their families, but as well just to have some more something more personal that actually envisions both of their relationships and their love story. Mm. So, so which overseas destinations do couples favour? I mean, there's ob- obviously you know places like Paris and Venice have a sort of a romantic reputation, but、um, I would see more a trend in Switzerland actually、oh. because、um, Pinterest. It is absolutely pisc-、um, very Pinterest worthy, I would say.、Okay. Um, From the mountain lake、sure. backdrops, but I would say Italy, Spain, Provence, south of France—that's super popular. I see as well Portugal, Marrakech,、um, which makes sense financially as well, and of course other Asian places like、um, private islands in Indonesia, Bali, and of course Thailand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Wow. Uh, I, I want to pass the question back to Vincent. To talk、yeah. about more about the the consuming um, uh, like habit this year, how do you expect this year the 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 celebrating going, like celebration going on today?、Mm, on today, I think、uh, the celebrations still will go on, but compared to twenty twenty two, I think、uh, 
the spending cost they may not uh, because because the spending cost is uh, similar to 2022. So I think this year uh, some of them uh, they may not spend too much uh, uh, for Valentine's Day because <laughs> because of the Lunar New Year they. Some of them, they need to prepare for the Lunar New Year or buy some gifts for their family to visit their uh, family. So that's why uh, uh, on this day, uh, their spending is not uh, is not uh, higher than, 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 than two weeks before. Hmm. Do, do you find that uh, the, the, the nature of uh, dating is uh, changing somewhat? I mean, because, uh, well, l- in fact, later on, we're going to talk about uh, 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 romance scams as well. But uh, um, a, a lot of um, romantic activity sort of takes place or, or starts like online these days, doesn't it? So, so how, how is the sort of a, you know, romantic picture changing? Mm, the romantic picture is uh, changing a bit. Uh, I think uh, because a lot of Hong Kong people like to go to Shenzhen for shopping, uh, for the dating uh, venue, they may change a bit. Because uh, for this year survey, we have we have add, uh, a new option for the Hong Kong uh, guys and women to choose, which is. Uh, going to uh, Shenzhen or going uh, overseas for traveling. Some of them, they would choose uh, for uh, uh, going to Shenzhen. Around 30% of uh, guys, they would choose uh, going to Shenzhen. And 30%, also 30% or uh, 13% of women would go to Shenzhen. And some of them would choose overseas around 8 to 9%. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly they would like to go shopping. Uh, m- almost half of the guys and women also like to go for shopping for celebration. Uh, but before, uh, in 2022, mostly they would uh, celebrate at home. So they would like to uh, uh, go out for, for, for celebrating uh, and spend uh, the money outside or to, or overseas or in Shenzhen. So, um, so last survey you have done is in is in two thousand twenty two, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, so this year after this, like after today, is like after the Valentine's Day, it will be like the the year of you having another new survey after the COVID. So, actually, as you mentioned about people may go to Shenzhen for mm-hmm. some celebration mm-hmm. this year or during the Lunar New Year. So, would you? Would you think um, the the number or the figures about the spending in Hong Kong to buy some like gifts or presents to their specific another half will be dropping the numbers? The, the number will be dropping. Mm, for the uh, gifts, uh, I think uh, most of the guy would like to buy buy flowers mostly, and uh, for the uh, women, they would like to buy clothing and shoes this year. But uh, compared to 2022, because most of the guys uh, want to uh, buy uh, electronic products and, and also jewelry for uh, for women, uh, so it, uh, the, 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 the gift uh, of giving has been changed a bit. Mm. And also, um, they they would also like to buy the uh, the, 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 the gift uh, 
in the shop, not all night. Yes, mostly uh, they will buy the the, the gifts or uh, uh, through the shop because they can choose, they can feel the products, and also some of them would like to bring their partners to 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 buy the gift together. <laughs> <laughs> I like this pattern. How much does it cost for a, a banquet of flowers? Now today, is it like oh, now today? It's uh, around uh, one thousand. One thousand. Yes. T- tomorrow will be five hundred, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because today is Valentine's Day, so the shoppers will yeah uh, increase, the increase the price a, a little bit for yeah. the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people um, need to like prepare in advance, like months ago or few weeks ago. Do you think it is like? Um, mostly my clients were planned for a week ago. <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, let's ask um, Nicole, um, similar to what we asked uh, Winston just now, um, <clears throat> is the sort of um, uh, ro- uh, romantic patterns changing, do you think, over time? I mean, um, has, uh, h- how much difference has the, like, the internet made, for instance? Definitely more pressure from social media, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. But as well, all the couples that I experience, they they want to go for more experience. So it's all about building experience, especially pre-COVID, uh, post-COVID. They want to spend more time with families, with friends. It's more important to them than I've seen ever before. So what we do is we try to analyze what they want because when they come to us, they don't really know yet. So when we meet, we get to know them a little bit better. We understand the dynamic of the couple because one plus one um, always equals three, right? So individually, it's different. But as a couple, um, it's completely different. And when you add the families on top of that, Mm. it's just becoming a little bit more complex. So we need to understand fully. And that's really important for us because what we do is clearly never repeating the same thing twice. So we really want to create a journey that is um, beautiful for them to remember for the rest of their lives. Mm. How do you normally uh, decide the choices if the couple are arguing in front of you like do you take sigh as i'm like half swiss and half chinese oh. i would say i'm a little bit more swiss so very neutral <laughs> basically and i help to analyze um make them both speak of course so they can share their opinions um being more rational about it just to being like a therapist and yeah. becoming their couple therapist their um family therapist their individual ones helping them guiding through and supporting them through these decisions that they have to take through the wedding planning journey especially because it takes about what 35 different vendors per wedding so it's a lot of decisions to take well and when it comes to wedding uh, planning um, what are the priorities for for men and women? Do, I mean, do they have different priorities, do you find? It, um, we do spend time listening to them about their life, their priorities. Um, and it's very important that we take care of all their requests. Um, I do see, though, a very stereotype <laughs> direction. So for men, it's more the budgets, the mm-hmm. alcohol and music selections, for example. <laughs> They're very precise with that. Um, whereas for a female or for brides, um, it's about the colors, more aesthetics, so flowers, cake stationery, but as well the bridal party attire. 
So they both have a, I mean, they both have a say, of course. And sometimes I even see a new trend, which is the groom who is actually deciding and the bride being more in the background. So there's a, it's really depending on the dynamic of the couple. Mm. Um, just like as Vincent uh, mm. like mentioned about how much the couple spend on Valentine's Day to celebrate. So what about uh, you, like Nicole, like uh, how much on average of the couple spending on like, planning the weddings or like before planning the wedding, like consult consulting or something, like how much do they normally spend or if it is like increasing the, the budget after COVID actually? Yeah, so for confidentiality reasons, it's difficult to answer precisely mm -hmm. the question, but what I can say is that the trend is to pay for these experiences. So the value has increased in creating those unique moments and um, experiences. So that's why destination weddings is more and more in demand because it's not just one day in a ballroom, but it's a full uh, wedding weekend. So it does vary a lot depending on who's supporting them as well. So after several years in the business, we you know, stayed friends with the couples. And uh, we do see time to time when we travel around the world and we do catch up with them. And mm. they always remember those um, memories forever um, because it's one day in your life and one memory to keep forever. So one moment that has to make basically a life um, that stays in your life. So it's definitely um, imp more important than actually the budget. So of course the budget is important, but having these memories forever might be even more important and more precious. Okay, so um, do you actually have any special or memorable uh, wedding or proposal you want to share with us as it is like Valentine's Day should be happy for everyone to listen a happy story? Absolutely, let me share um, wedding and proposal. So. Um, we've done a celebrity wedding in New Zealand and that was for Selena Jade, Hong Kong actress and Hangen from Super Junior and it was extremely memorable because mm -hmm. they said they wanted to get married in the middle of the forest yeah. so we flew mm -hmm. a drone across New Zealand's forest and tried mm -hmm. to find the place to get married. They wanted to be secluded mm -hmm. and uh, we found a place. Um, there was no electricity for the thousand fairy lights. No Wi-Fi. No Wi-Fi for sure. No, <laughs> no connection. No water, no gas for the catering, no power oh, wow. for music and um, wild sheeps um, housing the entire location. So. Um, that was extremely exciting because we built a complete village from mm. scratch. So super interesting as well to interlink Chinese and Western culture and bringing the New Zealand um, elements into that. Mm. As well, we have done another wedding quickly. How, to oh, excuse me. Like yes. How long did you plan that? That, that was wedding. eight months, I eight remember. Month. Yes, oh, correct. Oh, yeah. That's a long time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then we had an amazing uh, wedding as well in um, Europe where it was to bring in 404 tree, real trees in 22 varieties into a ballroom because they wanted to have a real forest trees. wedding. Yeah. So we rented them from a tree school um, because we wanted to stay sustainable and created a spring forest with mm. um, haze that was um, per, like, it looked like a by the river. We had snow effects and um, yeah, a lot of special effects. And in terms of proposals, so um, as mentioned, we do never anything twice. So we actually spend a lot of time analyzing their relationship. Um, so a lot of destination proposals, for example, we did one in London 
where the groom from Hong Kong um, surprised the bride um, that was actually in London having a holiday. So there was a lot of acting involved. That's I was dangerous. Yes. <laughs> I was uh, pretending to be a tour guide, just moved mm -hmm. to London and needed models for my new website. Oh. So basically, um, she and her sister were, you know, with me and I had a photo and videographer and we went around the city and to every single stop we went, like the botanical gardens, the cathedral and all the visits that we've done, they were all interlinked with a specific um, spot. And so, for example, we went to the cathedral and then next door was the place where they had the first date. Okay. And then we went to the botanical garden and that's where they had their first okay. um, dinner or their first and then the first kiss and so on. Okay. So at the end, the stop was um, we rented a gallery space where actually we faked a wine tasting. And then we did an introduction video of the wine, the vineyard and all that. And suddenly had a technical error in the video, oh. which was obviously planned. Mm. And then it suddenly showed the video camera to Hong Kong, to the groom, where he was mm. actually buying the ring. And wow. then he went to um, we filmed him when he went to see the parents to ask for approval. And then he rushed back home, packed his suitcase. He went on a plane. He did a selfie video, which we then edited oh. in, and then landed in Hong in London. Got him to barber shops, picking up the suit, and then the and he runs to that um, gallery space and opens the door. And the moment he opens the door, the video is obviously Stop. off and then the light is on him and he's in the back on his knee and proposing. Wow. Okay. So well, yeah, very, super exciting. Very, very romantic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 thank you both uh, uh, very much for, for taking part uh, in the, the first part of uh, this morning's program. That was uh, uh, Nicole Froelich there, who you heard, who's a founder of Nicole Please uh, Weddings, and that's a, a weddings and proposals uh, consultancy and thank you very much to uh, Winston Yu, Corporate Communications yes, Director with dating. Hong Kong Romance mm -hmm. Dating. Thank you Winston, thank you uh, thank both you so very much. much. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, we're just going to take a, a short break for a news summary and a couple of government announcements um, um, and a quick look at the weather before we do that. Mainly fine today, uh, warm top temperature around 24 degrees, moderate easterly winds. The outlook mainly fine tomorrow um, windier in the following couple of days and becoming humid and misty early next week. It's currently 20 degrees, humidity 80%. Now the news with Barry O'Rourke. President Biden has condemned comments made by his predecessor, Donald Trump, at a campaign rally in South Carolina, saying he would encourage Russia to invade NATO allies that did not spend enough on defence. Mr Biden denounced the remarks as shameful, dangerous and un-American. Voting has begun in Indonesia, where more than 200 million people are eligible to cast a ballot. Defence Minister Prabowo Subianto is the clear favourite to become the new president. Two former provincial governors are also in contention to succeed Joko Widodo. And the United Nations humanitarian coordinator Martin Griffiths has said an Israeli ground offensive in Gaza's southernmost city of Rafa could lead to a slaughter. He said a major military operation could put the fragile humanitarian effort to help the displaced Palestinians seeking refuge there at death's door. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Need help with something in your daily life? Care teams have been set up in all 18 districts in Hong Kong. Care teams consolidate community resources and forces, organize caring activities, assist in handling emergencies, and disseminate important information to the public. 
consolidating resources, caring for the community. Visit the Home Affairs Department's website for further details. Still making up your mind? Smoking or not makes a huge difference. Women smokers age faster and have a weaker body. Their fertility is harmed and they face a greater risk of premature menopause, osteoporosis and cervical and other cancers. Your choice is your life. Quit smoking now. Call 1833183. And welcome back to uh, Back Chat with Kaha uh, and me, Jim Gould. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation uh, this morning, uh, this being Valentine's Day, of course. Uh, um, one uh, sort of negative uh, aspect of, uh, of romance, of course, is the, the prevalence of dating scams, which we've, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, recently. Um, just before we get into that, we, we have a caller on the line, uh, Mark. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good morning. Go ahead. I've been listening to your program on Valentine's Day hmm. for about half an hour, and you didn't mention the origin of Valentine's Day. St. Valentine was a bishop or a priest born in 226 AD CE mm -hmm. and died in 269, and he was a Roman. So I, I think, you know, you, you should have mentioned that, because otherwise Valentine's Day comes from nowhere. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, uh, we did mention right at the start that it goes back to Roman times, but didn't give uh, didn't give uh, any uh, any details about it. Um, no. uh, he, he, uh, poor old Saint Valentine died in prison, I believe. Yes, he did. He was mm. in Martyr. Mm -hmm. Martyr mm -hmm. in the Roman mm -hmm. times. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, okay. Thank, well, thank thank you for that, uh, Mark. Thanks for your call. Um, uh, yes, uh, the number again: two three three eight eight two six six two double three double eight two double six. If you want to give us a call and join the conversation, uh, our WhatsApp number is six eight nine nine eight five one eight. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at backchat at rthk. HK. Um, joining us uh, now in the studio here, we have uh, uh, Francis uh, Comtois, who's a solicitor with uh, uh, Comtois Solicitors, a firm handling uh, romance scam cases. Uh, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, um, as, as we mentioned just now, we, um, we've seen a, an increase in the number of uh, such cases. Uh, um, um, and you, you, you work with uh, the victims of these cases and you yes, provide advice precisely. on how to protect yourself. So, so yeah, please uh, tell us more. Uh, well, it's been actually there's a there's a huge pandemic right now. These type of cases, I, I think, even with all the effort that the government here and elsewhere have you know have put forward, yeah. uh, is just on the rise still because they have uh, got even more sophisticated than they used to be. So it's a very uh, uh, you know it's targeting everybody from all walks of life from. Uh, the, the the housewife who's having difficulties with her husband to the uh, CEO of a listed companies. I've seen it all, and it doesn't really, t you know, target a specific type of person. Uh, they really nobody's safe from it. Basically, if they're looking to meet somebody through the internet and they don't get to meet in person, I think it is more like a trend recently because of the like technology development. Like a uh, lot of people like using because the, just like the other day, I I was with another host like doing the deep fake video, like um, like session, and then like, talking about like oh this swap the people's face on there. And actually, I I can share one of my stories. Like people just like stole my uh, photos from my Instagram, and then they create a fake account on on dating apps, 
And then one time I was walking on the street and then someone like called me and then I was like, oh, who are you? And then he was like, oh, we talked and then we matched and we are supposed to meet next week. And then I, I saw you right now. Yeah, what a coincidence. And I was like, no, I don't know you. And then he literally showed me the, the profile. That was a shock. Is it a more like recently is having more cases like that? Well, I think there's been this type of cases going on for quite some time where they still pictures of people that are like, you know, influencers yeah. or personalities that, especially in other countries where they wouldn't be known. So for example, they take your pictures, but they're targeting people in North America. So there's somebody who's looking to find, let's say, for example, I'm a Chinese person, I'm looking on a dating app and I'm, oh, I see uh, your pictures. And then I, I discuss with you and then suddenly I find you very attractive. And then we, you know, we get along and this is the basis for the initial romance scam to start. But uh, I don't think it has the only major difference now is that it used to be that if you could validate, mm. you know, uh, because a lot of people would reach out to me and they was like, I'm not sure if I'm being scammed because, you know, I've seen some online articles and I'm starting to have, you know, this little bit of a red flag. And I always ask them, have you seen the person on video? Because that's the, usually the typical scam would be that the person, you know, rejected. works. It's not he rejected. His phone is broken. Works and ah. you know, works in for the military in a war zone and you know, whatever the story may be for not going, you know, not being able to be on video. But this is changing lately because now, as you mentioned, the deep fake they're getting very good at it. Mm. Or in other countries, they will have even sometimes uh, uh, actors that will be playing, you know, certain parts. So I had a case recently where uh, the lady was, you know, in love with someone, and then the person was, was that that scenario basically involved that person being held in mainland China and then needed to pay money to be released. And the person, you know, the client told me that the person had been on video, that had been talking to a police officer. They see the inside of the police station. And they basically like the, the whole thing was just a complete, you know, fabrication. Mm -hmm. The person did not exist. They wired the money to somebody else, you know, and, you know, the person had been defrauded. So very common. But is it harder to detect race right now before, because of the technology? I, I think so. so. I think so. It's, it's, it, 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 it's just starting, but it's going to get a whole lot worse. And mm. I think it's just uh, for, I think, everybody to be very, very, very careful whenever they're being asked to send money, and uh, you know, it's especially especially with strangers. But then it come, it might come a time where it might be a loved one who's going to be making their request, and they're going to be pretending to be your husband or your mother, your father, oh, whatever the yeah. case may be. Mm. So, so what can we do as individuals to protect ourselves? I think is to first of all read on. Is education? I think is the number one solution for these type of scenario. Because, but then again, I mean, the reality is that it's not always possible. I mean, number one, I would say is never to send anybody to anybody, in any circumstances. I mean, but the reality is a lot of people are very generous, so they mm. might be very feeling that they need to send money to keep the interest of the other party, or, you know. And um, so that part is, I think, it's going to be difficult. Um, but I, I, th I think just first of all is yeah keep their, themselves up to date with the news and reading about it. I think that's the number one. And um, always maybe talk to other people about it and maybe use them as also a, as a, you know as a sounding board for the situation because they might not be entirely certain. Obviously, they can reach out to a solicitor that are, is you know that, but it, obviously the day to day it might not it might not work for them right so. Um, I think reading on, researching these people, maybe doing a Google reverse research on the images 
to see, for example, like sometime I would find, okay, this is this person. I had a case where that person was a known personality in Brazil, but the, but the lady got defrauded in Hong Kong, but then she thought she was in a relationship, uh-huh. albeit online, but with that person. Um, and a lot of people actually they do not believe. It takes sometimes like several visits and for me to show them a lot of evidence before they actually are convinced. So there's, you know, uh, uh, there, there's not a, a panacea, unfortunately, for the situation. It's just the human condition. Some people just want to believe in love and they want to be altruistic. And they and unfortunately, scammers are very much uh, taking advantage of that. Mm. Um, I don't want to do the gender discrimination here, but I would like to know for the cases you handle, is it more like the victim are women or men? I would men? say it's both shockingly enough. And when I, you know, when I started, I was always going to assume that uh, it would be, um, you know, men being deceived by women, so to speak. Like that was my. My, my preconceived idea and the reality it's that I would say it's almost close to 50 50 oh yeah um, it's it's basically a lot of people get roped in and you know they they they, they I don't think it, it there's a gender specific situation I think they just cater more specifically I think for women they will for example the scammer will spend more time chatting with them and they're going to be more like, you know, wake, when they wake up, hey, good morning, they will be like following up really closely with them. I think for men, they'll be like, there's going to be the lady who looks like a, a model. He's going to be very good looking, um, oh, yeah. uh, falling in love very easily, you know, sending a lot of pictures of them at the gym. Because obviously a lot of these mm. known people will be posting on their Instagram or, you know, uh, TikTok, Baidu, whatever the case may be, uh, Weibo, I mean. And uh, they have those pictures. So. Like so, that's how they target the men, basically. Mm. But there's a lot of variations for these romance scams. So it's not always uh, the situation where it's like the the typical one will be okay. You meet somebody online, or somebody reaches out to you, and there's a uh, a relationship that develops like this. But there's a, what I call like a secondary uh, uh, like romance scam. So where people, for example, meet somebody online, there's a relationship that develops, but the main scam is not from that particular person. So these people will be lead to uh, invest, for example. So they'll be told, "Hey, I've made you know the the." the. Uh. So the, these investment scam often start from a romance scam. So the, they meet on Tinder or whatever the the, the dating app uh, that they found the person, and basically they're being told, hey, "I'm making a lot of money. I have this lifestyle, you know, blah blah blah." And then they uh, are being uh, referred to a third party, mm-hmm. and that's usually you know the, the typical scenario is the uncle or the teacher that will help them make a lot of money. So it's just like a breach of like- well, well, yeah, because I think a lot of, there's a transference. So basically the person puts a lot of trust because they oh, start yeah. to have their own emotion toward that person. And then they believe that person uh, has their well-being in mind. So they, you know, that they'll, and they're together in this. And they often don't, you know, when they reach out to me, they don't actually, under, they think that they've been scammed by that third party, but they don't suspect oh. that online, yeah, partner. And then that's uh, unfortunate. Often that that's, it comes as a big surprise that they have no lover and also no money anymore. <laughs> what about the age? age? Do you have to like survey about the age, age of the people? It's very much, I will say, um, I would say above forty, generally mm-hmm. speaking, uh, with people with. I mean, 
again, there's a little bit of that bias because, of course, I'm a lawyer. So people that might have the mean to reach out to me might be the very people that have made some money. money and they've yeah. Been, yeah. And, right. yeah. Yeah. So so that's why, I mean, I, I do not know uh, exactly, but just my own observation, I built it, that would be, uh, yeah, people over 40 and I would say like even people over... Uh, you know, in their 70s sometime. Also, just because they're looking for companionship and whatnot, so, you know, nobody's really uh, 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 safe out there, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's a a new element to this as well. I was reading about the wrong telephone number. Yes. So that was, yeah, that was a a thing that happened, I would say, maybe two, now two years ago, where people would receive a fake uh, WhatsApp, WeChat message, and they'll, oh, um, you know, and I'm sure maybe some of you have, you yeah, know, your I listeners have, have yeah, yeah, got it, right? And then if you start, and, and often it's like, okay, it's the wrong gender, maybe it doesn't go further, but it's often a very good-looking lady, yeah. a good-looking man. And yeah, they, they, they're pretending to have gotten the wrong number, and then they initiate a conversation. That's one of the, you know, the, the, the initial vector for them to um, get in touch with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I received those messages before, it's like, with a good-looking guy's face okay. on their like profile picture and then text me like, oh, are you my secondary schoolmate? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> but sometimes I just like, for, for this kind of like example, we, we better not reply. Right? Better not reply. Or block. we really need to like clarify about yeah. if it is really someone I know. Well, I, yeah, I think I would call the number and often it's to check also the number because often sometimes they are not a... For example, in Hong Kong, they might come from overseas and they will have like a telephone number with like an area code or a country code that you don't recognize. And that's usually a big flag. And that's why I think now the apps have updated the um, like if it's a a, a contact that is not on your list, they will tell you with a country where that Mm. that person is contacting you from, or at least where that number is coming from. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming in and, and explaining to that. Some some very uh, uh, valuable uh, advice there. Uh, always check and and be very cautious. Uh, thanks very much to Francis uh, Comtois, uh, who's uh, a solicitor with uh, Comtois Solicitor. Uh, that's a, um, a company, a firm handling um, romance scam cases. Thank you. Thank you. There's never been an easier way to listen back to our programs on your device. Whichever platform you use, the RTHK Radio app is the perfect place to discover all our shows. It's so easy to use, it looks great, and in an instant, you'll be listening back to your favorite RTHK program. You can even tune in live using the app. Go check it out, the RTHK Radio app at your preferred app store. And for the last uh, part uh, of this morning's programme, uh, we're turning our attention to a different uh, topic, and that is uh, World Radio Day, uh, which was established uh, by the UN Cultural Agency at UNESCO in 2011. It's celebrated on the 13th of uh, February uh, every year, so uh, yesterday was uh, World Radio Day. We're joined uh, on the line uh, now by um, Olya Buya, who's uh, head of radio at the programming department with the Asia Broadcasting Union. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Um, so, um, <clears throat> how is, uh, well, uh, I, I can say that um, radio is the medium that reaches uh, uh, more people than any other. Um, um, how important and how uh, relevant uh, is radio in this day and age? 
Well, I can tell you that I'm here in uh, Delhi, actually, um, right. celebrating World Radio Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, um, from all around the Asia-Pacific region, which is where the ABU functions, uh, we've had people sort of coming online and talking about radio, talking about what they do, how they do things. And the fact that radio, after 100 years, is still very much alive and actually mm-hmm. in its um, ascendancy, um, actually, because um, we're, we've gone into an audio kind of world. And while we keep talking about it as being radio, radio really is not monolithic, right? So it's not a box that we turn on, but it's more of a service that people use on the road everywhere they are, you know, whether it's through podcasts or streams, and mostly now on their phones. So um, in our region, from what I can see, uh, radio is very much alive and very much still required through you know, just about every facet of our lives, including, of course, you know, things like emergency broadcasts and uh, and such like. So, um, you know, I mean, this year we're celebrating the second century. I think mean, the, the slogan for the year was yeah. uh, informing, 100 mm-hmm. years of informing, educating and entertaining. And um, that's pretty much still going on and carries strongly. Yeah, well, yeah, all, all last year, 2023, uh, RTHK was uh, celebrating at 95 years. We first, uh, first came on air in uh, 1928. So one of the sort of uh, pioneers in the region but uh, um, uh, radio is still going strong in uh, in in Asia yeah yes it, it very much is and, and not just Asia actually but I mean our territory covers the Pacific for example and we have uh, 15 member countries in the Pacific whose uh, radio is absolutely essential to their everyday life. And in many small communities and small islands, there is no local television station because they're just simply too small. So radio tends to cover everything, all the community information, local information, and, of course, entertainment. Mm. Uh, uh, And I actually am very happy that there is a Row Radio Day to celebrate. Like radio is a medium to like spread the news or spread the entertaining, informative information to the people. As like I love radio because this is my like the first job after I graduate from university is already like being a host in radio station. I'm very thankful. And but I mean this generation is like. Um, the younger generation, they don't usually listen to the radio. So do you think how to educate or how to promote keeping up to, like, to trend with them? Yeah, look, um, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but, um, you know, you're not exactly old. I, I suspect you're slightly younger than me. <laughs> I, think I think similar. I think similar. And you are um, on radio. And in fact, yesterday, I mean, here in Delhi, I, I so many people turned out who who are in their sort of late teens, early 20s, and they're all in radio. And, and I, I, it surprised me, actually. But mm. um, so I, I guess what I... Uh, what I wanted to say is radio is not just about sitting in the studio as you are. And, you know, that's one part of it and one important part of it. And it's there for people who like that sort of service. But don't forget, people listen to you on streaming. People listen to you on um, uh, on their phones uh, by an app. And increasingly, that's how young people are actually tuning into radio mm. on apps and through podcasts. And most of um, radio's flagship programs or segments, documentaries, you know, little 
entertainment profiles are on platforms like podcasts, like TikTok and others. And that's where they're gaining a huge um, amount of ground up. I mean, I've got two kids um, who are, you know, adults and they told me a few years back, oh, look, mom, nobody listens to radio anymore. We only listen to podcasts. And, you know, that's a question. And where, where do they think the podcasts are, came from? I mean, it's, and I mean, radio uh, people are not the only ones who are making podcasts, but increasingly they are the ones who are making very good podcasts because mm. we know the medium and we know how to do audio. So while there is a huge proliferation in podcasts and, you know, anybody that uh, has a Mike thinks they can be podcasts, uh, podcasters, but they don't last very long and people do come back to the tried and tested of... The use IDD 0060. Oh. Hello. Oh dear. I think we may have, uh, I think we may have temporarily uh, lost our guest there. Um, um, I, I would add also that uh, um, a lot of our productions are, are available also on Spotify. Oh, so, uh, so Ollie we was do talking podcast about, as well. Uh, we, yes, 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 for sure. Um, we're going to try and get. Um, we're going to try and reconnect with uh, uh, Olya Buya, who's uh, head of radio at the programming department with the Asia Broadcasting Union. Um, the ABU is based in uh, Kuala Lumpur in uh, Malaysia, but um, Olya was actually speaking to us um, from uh, from India. Did she say? Delhi, I think she's. I think Olya's in um, India at the moment. Anyway, uh, we've, uh, we've, sure. we've 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 lost the connection. But so um, I think you, we are trying to call her back. We're trying to call her back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. You were saying before, Carl. You so yeah. your first job was in radio after yes. after, after graduating. After my yeah. university graduation, yeah. it's a long yeah. time ago. Actually, it's not right. like I'll get saying. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's why I I was like being thankful that I start to enter this industry when I was like 20, 22, I think. And mm -hmm. then until now, it's almost like 10 years. Wow, mm -hmm. 10 mm -hmm. years. Yeah, I now still you're giving, you giving your age away now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also I do podcasts. So that's why I was yeah. asking our guests about mm -hmm. oh, how to keep up the radio trend with the younger generation. Because mm -hmm. I think like radio, it doesn't have to like the, the, the scenes the screening, mm -hmm. I mean, the face, the, the people cannot see. So I think it is like one of the transition or the revolution is like adding some video inside in, in, the, in, the, in the show. Yeah. Then the people can see our face and see our expression, like our facial impression, because it is, I think it is like attract, it will attract more people to listen to our content and like following our Mm. A pace, mm. yeah. Because you also do a lot of video work, don't you? Yeah, mm. I do a lot yeah. of like, but in different kind of like stream. Because yes. I do normally the video uh, program on some financial mm -hmm. topics. Yes. But now mm -hmm. we are on back chat. We mm. are doing some like right. yeah. social, social, society yeah, current affairs, current affairs uh, uh, topics. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's an important point that you make, uh, the sort of uh, uh, cross-media work that yeah. we're all involved in now. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, here, here at, uh, at RTHK, at, uh, at Radio 3, I mean, obviously we have our own YouTube channel and we... And, uh, and also all, you mentioned of, the podcast. Yeah, that's right, your podcast. Podcast, I think, it, it, having some video clips as well, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and all, all of our all of our main events, you know, we always we're always filming them as well, yeah, and, uh, and producing, yeah, and producing. What about uh, you, Jim? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> <laughs> we are waiting for our guests and also chit chatting about the World Radio Day. Yeah, yeah, How long have you been 
in the radio industry? Well, okay, well, that goes back to... I'm, I'm not going to give my age away exactly, <laughs> but it goes back to it goes back to 1987. Oh, yeah. whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I joined. I'm I, not going to elaborate. I joined the BBC in London in Ooh. in uh, in 1987 as a as what was then known as a sub editor oh, in the okay. radio newsroom in, oh, the old, okay. in the old broadcasting house. Yeah. So you you have been like working in London for the radio. That station in Hong Kong. How how do you think this is the difference? Well, um, um, the, 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 there's a lot of similarities between the BBC and RTHK. Mm. We're both both public broadcasters, mm-hmm. you know, um, exist to exist to uh, to serve the public. Mm. Um, slight difference in that the BBC is a, a corporation these days. So it's uh, whereas RTHK is uh, still a government department, but our our ethos is the same. It's the same thing. I mean, okay. we're, we're you know we're here to we're here to uh, serve the public, to inform, mm. educate, and entertain. Mm. That's, uh, that's our remit. But mm. is it like uh, in London? Uh, it is having more radio station channels because in Hong Kong we only have three. Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. Apart from yeah, some that's, podcast channels, uh, commercial commercial yeah. radio and metro. You know, yeah. yeah, I have um, been there too. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you've you've worked for all three, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. RTHK now is my third one. Right. right. But in London, okay. I think it is more like radio stations there. Well, as well it's right? big, bigger city, bigger place, lots yeah. more, lots more media. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I think I think we have our I think we have our guests back. Uh, no, um, no. Oli Buya. I think. No, we don't. I, yeah, <laughs> we we lost her. Okay. We lost her at some point. So we are yeah. like continuing about your 1987. <laughs> radio was, station it, experience. It was, it was. It was 1987. It was indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but also, uh, as often happens uh, in the media, you don't stay. You don't stick with one thing. Yeah. True. Because because uh, because later on, um, <clears throat> I moved to uh, Westminster, making programmes about the UK Parliament. That was a bimedial unit. So mm. that's where I got became familiar with television, Ooh. and then worked in worked in TV for quite a number of years. Um, yeah, um, but uh, um, uh, TV TV is fun, but it's a lot more sort of um, labour intensive in a way. It involves exactly. a lot more people, and it takes longer to do. Exactly. And the, the, the the fun thing with radio is it's, yeah. it's instant. Isn't yeah, it? so, exactly. This is the thing I I am in love with radio station because it is always like people just listen to my voice and they can read my mind through my voice or through my words, but not just the appearance. Listen, I'm not saying I'm pretty, but <laughs> but it's like for the radio. Like apart from radio, for the for the program I'm doing on YouTube or like you have been there before, like on TV, we are always like using our ex- appearance outside, and then mm-hmm. it it it, mm-hmm. it asks for like more works because we need to do the makeup, we need to dress well, and then but for the radio, we are like behind the scenes, and then we don't have to do any makeup. Okay, well, that's uh, that's uh, a nice way to end uh, this morning's program. Thank you very much uh, for that. Thank you to thank Carl. you. Uh, happy Valentine's Day uh, and happy Valentine's Day to you and to all of our listeners. Um, stay with us because uh, uh, we have a news summary uh, coming up, um, followed by the brunch.